Raised Sports is a proud member of the Storyhanger Podcast Network. For more information, go to storyhanger.com. Previously on Raised Sports. It's kind of like a moment where I just had to like step back and go, okay, this isn't like me and like what is going on. That was probably the biggest, you know, lesson I took from her was just that, you know, to kind of ride the wave and not too high, not too low and just understand that there's a reason that this is this is happening. Yeah, just made like a simple adjustment. Been seeing like a lot of good results. Now the kick and the 2-2. And a fastball got him looking. On the outside corner, Uvula paints the black and he gets back-to-back strikeouts in a 1-2-3-8. It's been awesome. Like, you know, it's finally, you know, starting to come together. Before we get started with this next episode, I'd like to very quickly remind you of three easy ways you can help the podcast. First of all, we have a newsletter that comes out every episode that includes bonus stories that didn't make the show. You can subscribe for the newsletter on RaisedSports.com. Also on the website, we have custom-made t-shirts available for purchase, designed by our friends at Cool Fire Studios. And last but not least, it would be great if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and a review. Thank you for listening, and thank you for helping us grow. It's really appreciated. Now, on with the show. So, yeah, it's, like, really exciting, and I uh, it's exactly what I want. You know, I mean, I want to be tested because I, I want to know. You know, I want to know if I can, you know, hang with those guys, and I obviously believe I can. And, you know, again, it's just another opportunity to prove myself. Every young baseball player dreams of taking the field in the major leagues. But even the best find out quickly that it takes more than dreaming to get there. It takes talent, hard work, and even a little bit of luck. There's times where I've, you know, kind of had things planned in my head and, like, expected them to go a certain way, um, and they, (laughs) they normally don't. Welcome to Season 2 of the Raised Sports Podcast, in which we'll go deep into the minor leagues and follow a prospect as he works towards what he hopes will be a shot at the big leagues. The organization's going to test me, and if I can hold up, then great. If not, then they'll, they'll, uh, they'll find somebody else, and that's kind of the nature of the business. He'll endure long bus trips and short paychecks. He'll tinker with his game as the competition gets tougher and he'll battle through the aches and pains that come with a long season. It's just part of the game. I mean, playing, playing a little bit banged up, I mean, you're never going to feel 100%, you know, in a 140-game season. And along the way, he'll constantly look for any edge to improve his game, to impress, to find a way to advance up the minor league ladder. When I'm my best is when I'm not thinking too much and I'm just out there to embarrass the hitter for the rest of my career, just out to show the world. And a swing and a miss, strike three. Pumps the fastball past Benson up in the zone. Episode 9, Exactly What I Want. There's a saying that you might hear quoted every so often, especially amongst entertainment types, that goes, work begets work. What it basically means at its core is that when you get an opportunity and you're prepared for it, and you do a good job, of course, you're going to get more opportunities. That's true, I suppose, in Hollywood, but it could be applied just about any part of life. And Cole Uvula, from the very beginning, had been banking on that being true in baseball. 
He knew from the moment that the Texas Rangers drafted him in the 40th round of the 2018 draft that he would get a fair chance to succeed. But he also knew that his chance would probably be fairly limited. If he stumbled too much, the chances might not come anymore. But if he continued to thrive, the Rangers would push him, put increasingly difficult obstacles in front of him. The same could be said of a baseball team, at least within the context of performance. The more you play well, the more games you win. The more games you win, the more opportunity you get in the form of playoff games. Work begets work. That's what Cole wanted for his team and what he wanted for himself. So as the Down East Wood Ducks rolled into August, the final month of the 2019 season, Cole was feeling good both from a team perspective and from a personal perspective. There was a sense of excitement around the team and in the clubhouse. The Wood Ducks had long ago clinched a berth in the Carolina League playoffs by virtue of their dominant first half when they won 50 of their 70 games. The second half wasn't quite as successful, and the team was kind of bumping along, playing 500 ball in the first half of August. The Wood Ducks had lost some players, some really good ones, around mid-season. These players had been promoted to AA Frisco. But Cole says he didn't think that had anything to do with it. He says it had more to do with the grind of a long season. Definitely not like anything to declare movement or lack of talent. I mean, this team is unbelievably talented. Um, I think, you know, it's just part of August, but it's just been a learning experience for a lot of us. You know, some of these guys, including myself, it's our first full season, which is no excuse, but, you know, it's definitely, it'll uh, it'll wear on certain guys. And, you know, it's more about um, right now, yeah, it's been a rough month of August, and, you know, that's been obvious, and it's been talked about. We've had uh, meetings and with the coaches and we, we've had player only meetings to kind of discuss it recently. And, uh, you know, we're excited about the playoffs and to get back on track and, and, and play like we're capable. Meanwhile, as the Wood Ducks were kind of slogging their way toward the playoffs, Cole continued to not only pitch well, but he seemed to be actually getting stronger. Since that four walk a game on July 15th, an outing Cole had called embarrassing, he had been virtually unhittable. In fact, over the course of seven outings from July 20th to August 15th, Cole faced 42 batters. 26 of those, or 62%, had struck out. On top of that, only seven reached base. Two of the 42 managed to get hits. Two were hit by pitches. Only three drew walks. Uvila struck out four his last time out against Carolina. Fanned five against the Mudcats, a season high, two outings prior. 0-2, and a swing and a miss, strike three. A tantalizing breaking ball, and Thorburn cut over the top, and Uvla strikes out the side, three up and three down here in the seventh. This dominance was in part due to the mechanical fix he made in July. He tightened his delivery and felt more efficient to the plate, more in control. That boosted his confidence. The other big thing was his curveball continued to develop. It was becoming a real weapon, a weapon he could control, which allowed him to use it a lot more often. That, in turn, made his fastball even tougher to hit. So things were going great. Cole was doing well and also really enjoying life with his teammates in the clubhouse. It's easy to get tunnel vision when you're so focused on succeeding and advancing. But Cole wanted more than that. He knew how unique this whole experience of minor league baseball was, and he wanted to make sure to take it all in. 
this is something he'd done at certain points throughout the season. So he made it a point to occasionally step back, take a broader view, and make sure he was enjoying his teammates, the clubhouse, and life in general in the minors. Baseball clubhouses are interesting places, perhaps more than the other major American sports, simply because of the diversity, especially so in the minor leagues. You've got some players drafted out of high school, others who played college ball, players from all over the country and from all sorts of backgrounds, and that's just the Americans. In Major League Baseball, about a third of the players come from Latin America. And in the minor leagues, that percentage jumps to about 50%. The Down East Wood Ducks alone have players from Cuba, Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, Mexico, Curaçao, and Venezuela, including one of Cole's catchers, Yohel Pozo. With so many different cultures sharing the same space day after day over a long season, you'd think perhaps there could be the potential for misunderstandings, for conflict. But Cole says it's not like that. The Latin American players and the American players are connected by one culture, the culture of baseball. They give us a hard time for certain things. We give them a hard time for certain things. Obviously, like, one day, uh, you know, whoever gets into the clubhouse first, maybe it'll be all, uh, you know, Latin music, and then the next day it's going to be all American music. Um, and there's some bickering over that, some jokes around that, but... I mean, it's a pretty tight-knit group, a lot of jokes, a lot of messing around, uh, some pranks thrown in. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's loud. It's, it's loud. Yeah, it's, it's a high-energy group uh, for the most part. I mean, people pick their spots, you know. It's not like there's a bunch of clowns by any means, but, you know, we like to have fun. And when you, you get to be around these guys every day, I mean, even on my off day, I'm spending you know, even at the field with them, we're about to have a fancy draft together. I mean, it's, you know, they, they become, you know, your best friends. It's just really what it is. Matt Present, the broadcaster for the Wood Ducks, whose radio calls you've heard throughout this podcast, echoed this statement. Matt is 25 years old, around the same age as many of the players, but he started broadcasting in high school, so he's been around a lot of teams, and he said this group is louder and lighter than most that he's covered. Corey Ragsdale, our manager, whenever he was asked about kind of the chemistry, the vibe, whatever, he, you know, would, would note kind of how unique of a group it was, like how kind of silly and outrageous guys were at times, but how it was awesome to watch them be, you know, just carefree and, and having fun, but then when they left that clubhouse and went on to the field, their ability to, you know, compete and lock in and kind of having both sides of it. Um, but I, I think it was, you know, one of the more lively clubhouses, a um, lot of music, a lot of, you know, trying to get under each other's skin at times, um, but in a, in a fun, loving way. And within the culture of the clubhouse is a subculture all its own, Cole's group, the bullpen. This group is a little bit different from the rest of the team, something that's possible simply because of geography. While the bulk of the team is in the dugout with the coaches or on the field, the relievers sit by themselves, down in the pen, 
almost an afterthought, usually waiting several innings before any of them can get into the game. So because of this, they kind of create their own little world down there, and the relievers kind of made it cool to be in the bullpen, to the point that even former relievers wanted to still be considered part of the group. Alex Eubanks began the season in the bullpen and was inserted into the starting rotation, pitched really well as a starter, um, but for pride's sake wanted to be considered still a member of the bullpen. And there was this kind of like, who is going to embrace him? Like the starters didn't want him because he was a bullpen guy and the bullpen's like, no, you, you abandoned us, you're a starter now. And he would insist that he was an extended opener, you know, it's the new term for the relievers that start games before handing them off to starting pitchers. But those guys are, you know, supposed to go an inning or two and Eubanks is going, you know, six consistently. But it was just this, I wanted to stay a part of the, the bullpen fraternity, fraternity, if you will. Cole acknowledges that it's a desirable place to be because the relievers made it so. And they became known amongst the team as a little bit different. I think the bullpen is definitely has a little bit of reputation at this point. It's it's not that they're they're not focused on the game or don't care about the game, but you know when when you're in the bullpen, you know you the first five innings you're probably not going to pitch, and for most guys you're going to pitch every two or three days. You know the position players play, and then the starter starting pitchers are all in the dugout, you know, with all the coaches. So I mean, we definitely have kind of free reign out here. There's kind of a lot of fun to be had down there in game, which again being in the radio booth and on the air, I'm not directly privy to, but I'm aware that it goes on and that it's, you know, a very tight-knit group. We'll talk politics, we'll talk about the team, we'll talk about we'll tell stories, we'll make jokes, we'll play pranks. The pranks are usually pretty benign, just little things to needle each other, to pass the time. One of our open members has this precious um, water bottle that he takes everywhere with him, like it's like a it's like a shaker bottle, and we always mess with it, like hide it from him or like pretend we're gonna break it. And he uh, he does not take too kindly to that. It's just little things. It's not like elaborate, like practical jokes. It's more just like I don't know. The other day, ever there was bugs out. There was a ton of bugs out, and one of our pitchers was standing there, and I just. There was no bug on his neck, but I just smacked his neck pretty hard and was like, ah, oh, I, I got the bug for you. And obviously he was retaliated. <laughs> Stuff like that. But sometimes the pranks come with a little bit more planning. And when that happens, sometimes justice has to be rendered through a kangaroo court. Maybe the most significant occurred right after Cole had been promoted to Down East from Hickory back in April. The crime? Somebody had come to the park one day and found that his jersey had been rendered, shall we say, unwearable? Cole explains. There's a freezer in the clubhouse, and you just dip the jersey in water and just get, get soak his jersey in water and then throw it in the freezer overnight. And when you come to the field, it's just <laughs> frozen solid. Because Cole was new to the team and had nothing to do with it and was theoretically unbiased, he was appointed judge over the case. We held like a court proceeding um, where we called like every bullpen member to the stand and at, and they were cross-examined and asked questions and and uh, basically tried to get to the bottom of it. And there was a little bit of backstabbing and stuff like that that was involved. That was the one that really sticks out. That's pretty funny. 
turns out there were two teammates involved, the mastermind of the crime and an accomplice. Judge Uvula found them guilty. Justice was swift and brutal. One of them I banished. They were banished from the bullpen for five innings, so they just had to go sit in the corner, other end of the corner of the bullpen, and then the other one, who was also involved but not to the same degree, had to just apologize and and buy uh, the the victim some some coffee for the for the next game. Amongst all of the fun and games, the Wood Ducks continued to march toward the playoffs, and Cole continued to pitch well through the middle of August. As outlined earlier, he was getting a ton of strikeouts and wasn't allowing hardly any base runners at all, let alone walks. This efficiency of his was leading to longer outings, too. On August 10th at Frederick, Cole struck out five of the six batters he faced in two perfect innings. On the 15th at Fayetteville, he pitched three innings, striking out a career-high six. Oh, two now. And a swing and a miss, strike three. Six strikeouts for Uvula in relief, a new career high, as he finishes off the sixth inning by striking out the side. Cole Uvula marches off, Wood Ducks ahead 9-0. And you know how we talked about how work begets work? Well, the Rangers were noticing how dominant Cole had been and they were ready to throw yet another challenge his way. It was August 24th. The Wood Ducks were in Wilmington, with a little more than a week left in the regular season. Cole and his teammates were starting to think about the winter break and what they might be doing to prepare for next season. It's kind of just the end of the year, so a lot of people are like finding out about where they're going, whether they're going to instructional league, or going home, or maybe they're staying up like winter ball plans to go to like Venezuela, Australia, something like that. And that's kind of been the buzz around the locker room. It's like, oh, I wonder where I'm going. Cole was in the clubhouse playing cards with fellow reliever Josh Advocate. And manager Corey Ragsdale came by and called them into his office. He asked them if they had any plans for the offseason. And we were just like, nope. He's like, all right, well, you know, we, we want to send you guys to the Arizona Fall League. Um, you know, I think you guys have had a pretty good year and it's just a good opportunity for you guys. So that is kind of the, that was just a pretty quick conversation and, you know, some handshakes and some hugs and that was it. In case you don't know, and if you're not a huge baseball fan, you might not, the Arizona Fall League is a really big deal. The game's young prospects are fighting for their chance to get called up to the show. They are the future of Major League Baseball. This is the Arizona Fall League. This was a big honor for Cole. How it works is every major league team picks just seven players in their minor league system to send to Arizona. Those players are grouped into six teams that will compete in what basically amounts to a month of minor league all-star games. To give you an idea of how big a deal this is, many fall leaguers end up playing in the big leagues. Some even end up being stars. Mike Trout played in the Arizona Fall League. So did Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge, even Derek Jeter. In fact, some of this year's top Major League rookies, including National League Rookie of the Year Peter Alonso, played in the AFL just last season. So this was a huge honor for Cole, and he viewed it as a great sign. He had gotten the attention of the Rangers, and they had recognized how good his season had gone and wanted to see how he could do against lineups stacked 
with some of the sport's top prospects. Like I said, the Rangers, uh, their their philosophy on sending guys is a little bit different than most orgs. I know most orgs just send their pretty much their their top guys. Uh, the Rangers, like I said, they they send the, they tend to send like bullpen guys, and um, they just have a different philosophy and and how they view it. But so yeah, I mean, I know that for sure there's going to be some some studs there. I, I kind of heard like um, a few names tossed around. They're like top five prospects in the minor leagues are going to be there. And so yeah, it's like really exciting and. I uh, is exactly what I want, you know. I mean, I want to be tested, I because I want to know, you know, I want to know if I can, you know, hang with those guys, and I obviously believe I can, and you know, again, it's just another opportunity to prove myself. Even better, this was something Cole had aimed for, worked for, hoped for. He'd kept it kind of quiet, but the Arizona Fall League had been a major goal of his. At the beginning of the year, with uh, with Rob Hill and Eric Jagers, I mean, we kind of. Uh, the two guys at Driveline that I've worked with the most. I mean, we sat down and kind of made some goals. And my number one goal was to, to pitch in the Arizona Fall League. My, it was like, a, it would have been an accumulation of everything. My idea was I want to pitch good enough to force the Rangers to send me to the Arizona Fall League. And so by no means was this, uh, was this just like an afterthought. Of course, the challenge now would be to balance his priorities. The Arizona Fall League would be starting in mid-September. But before that, he still had a game that night to prepare for. He still had a week of the regular season to go, followed by the Carolina League playoffs, all while trying to prepare for Arizona. Cole had a lot going on, but things couldn't have been going better. At this point, it's like, okay, I, I'm kind of just checking the box. Like, okay, I get to go to Arizona, but right now I still have, you know, two weeks left in the season that, you know, a couple bad outings here could, could totally derail, not derail, but, you know, I mean, it could it could mess up you know my season quite a bit and and so it, for me it's all about the next time I pitch and, and preparing for that and then it'll just be like that a process like that where I'm just constantly preparing for the next time I pitch and then pretty soon I'll be pitching in the in the fall league. Thanks for listening to the Raised Sports Podcast. This episode was written and produced by me, Bob Harkins. Special thanks, as always, to Cole Uvila for letting me follow along with him throughout the 2019 season, and also to Matt Present for his comments in this episode. Music credits go to Broke for Free, Kevin McLeod, and Cheese and Pot, and the theme song comes from DL Sounds. Broadcast game audio courtesy of Mr. Present, AM 960 The Bull, and the Down East Wood Ducks. Coming up in episode 10... Cole has to balance a number of things demanding his attention. The Carolina League playoffs arrive with Hurricane Dorian in tow, and the Arizona Fall League is beckoning just beyond. Meanwhile, the curveball he developed in the middle of the season is slowly becoming far more than just a complement to his fastball. Throwing my curveball like almost 40 to 50 percent of my pitches anymore, and it's almost became it probably became my best pitch. But it's like super exciting to me. That I had that 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 third that you know that pitch that always was just the third pitch like kind of just a show me pitch. Now it's like you know bordering on elite. I'm Bob Harkins, and this is Raised Sports. Thanks for listening. <laughs>